Because she's still freaking off doing... She's climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Um, with a one-armed Yeti. Yeah. Yes. It's dangerous. But she will be back next week so we can finally get back to our main story that we Amen. have been dying to continue. Yep. All right. But tonight, we're Something getting into our Harry Potter mode. Yep. With a sweet Harry Potter story. Yep. Um, we've already pre-gamed. Yep, successfully. Alright. <laughs> With the bucket of doom and some old fashions. Alright, so in mm-hmm. case you've missed any of the previous podcasts, Oof. this stuff is probably not safe for work because I cuss like a drunken sailor and a lot of our stories and are I kind am a of inappropriate. <laughs> True. But we are not drinking Sailor Jerry today. So we're not super sailory. Where's our thing? Um, where's our rules? I don't know. So you lost our rules? I lost the rules. You don't know the rules by now? You should know them by no, heart. No, I know, but they crack me up when I read oh, them. Oh, because my little like because of the double dick. That's right. The double dick pick. <laughs> ah, everything's falling. Okay, we're good. We're totally organized. <laughs> we're totally fine. All right. Uh, Chanel's. Okay, so the first rule is you have to be one drink in. Success. Check. Yep. And the second rule is. Um, if you no, say talking about ew. Fan no. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. If you say ew, we drink. Or uh, or some kind Ugh. of grimacy, gross voice, uh, we have to drink. Everybody has to drink. Yes. And of course, if you feel at any time that this podcast is uncomfortable Too or gross. the story is just not something you can handle, yep. like for example, a lot of that Bad Nights at Freddy <laughs> ones, you can always tap out by using the safe word, which is Pee-wee Hermans! Right. However, I can over, since there's only two of us, I can override your Pee-wee and make you keep listening. Yep. Yeah. Right. We have not had to tap out once yet, though, which is impressive considering some of the stuff we read. I know. This particularly last week and the squid. Oh, yeah. The squid, the, the squid was, with the hallways. That was, yeah, that was And rough. the plock plocking suction cups. Yep. Yeah. That was awesome. All right. Yep. So tonight, we are once again plumbing the awesomeness that is fanfiction.net, where they have all of the good stories. All the good stories. Um, I mean, other sites have good stories, too, but these ones are particularly solid. Yep. And we are reading the Southern Fried Harry Potter. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one is by, I feel like this is actually Roman numerals, but I'm just going to pronounce it. It's well, Lewis. Hang on, can I look it up real quick? You probably could. It just vamp for a second while I Google this shit. L L L V I S. I don't vamp, dude. I'm going to start my burlesque number for you. V I S. Yep. Roman. Nice try. Um, so this story is going to imagine if all of Harry Potter had not taken place in merry old England, but instead <laughs> in the American South. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> A fucking Roman numeral translator. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I like that they have one of those. They do. Yeah. <laughs> You're so Translate. Let's go. LLVIS is not a valid info. All right. Well, all that's right. good. So it's Livis. Livis. Thank you, Livis. Alright, so are we ready for some sweet Harry Potter goodness? Let's fucking do it. Alright, let's do it. Amos Dumbledore waited for the last television set. (laughs) Yep. Yep, it starts off good. Uh, Amos! Famous Amos Dumbledore! for the last television set to be turned off in the trailer before venturing out from the shadows. He spotted her almost immediately, a very out-of-place cat on this particular spread. Is that you, Minnie? inquired Amos quietly. With as much of a look of disappointment as the cat could muster, it materialized into a matronly older woman before Amos Dumbledore. Yeah, she said just just a tad tersely. I thought I'd have you poking around here for hours trying to find me. Oh, lucky me, mumbled Dumbledore. Mumbled Dumbledore. Wow, that's a fucking mouthful. Mumbled Dumbledore. <laughs> Mumbled Dumbledore. <laughs> Mumbled Dumbledore. Okay. It was hard to be very fussed about Minnie's disposition. Everybody was on edge after the news. All right. So instead of Minerva, she is now Minnie. I mean, like so far, Minnie McGonagall. They're they're all completely Solid. correct with right. their names. Minnie McGonagall. All right. That's kind of an adorable name. It actually. is right. I feel like she should have a bow. 
and her hair. M G O N A N A G A L L. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Ashley's having trouble with words today. <laughs> I'm dead already. <laughs> <laughs> Aim is Dumbledore. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's true then, is it? Lillian Earl Potter Lillian Earl Potter, she inquired nervously. Upon Amos's reassuring look, the stories were indeed true. That's a reassuring look. Like they got fucking murdered. He's gonna be like, Yeah, like, yeah they're <laughs> super dead. It's totally fine <laughs> it's though. Super sad. Alright, uh, she began to sh- slowly shake her head. Lordy, 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 who'd have thunk it? <laughs> what are their youngin', Harry? Hack's bringing him back here as we speak, said Dumbledore. Is that Mad-Eye Moody? No, that is Hagrid. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You really think that's a good idea? Hack's not exactly the sharpest knife in the drawer. That's a great name. This person has chosen great names for people. So amazing. Minnie McGonagall had a little use for a layout such as Hack. He managed to get himself tossed out of Hogwarts. How can you trust him so? I trust Hack with my life, Minnie, and have on a couple occasions. Yay. As if on cue, the rumble of some mechanical nightmare approached them quickly. From astride, the mechanical horse strode a mountain of a man. <laughs> Long-haired, bearded, clad in coveralls that looked like they hadn't been washed since they were bought, described Hack to the proverbial tea. Since it was a cold night, he was wearing an old army field jacket to help keep warm. Evening, Professor Ms. McGonagall, he said. Hack, where's the boy? <laughs> inquired Amos. He's so fucking charming. I know. Almost too quickly. Got him bundled up right, um, right here to keep him warm. Said right Hack. here? Mm-hmm. Say right here? It says right here. Oh my god, that's amazing. I oh, know. Okay. As he produced a large bundle from under the bib of his overalls, the infant was fast asleep. My stars, exclaimed Minnie. What's that on his forehead? I don't do girly voices, sorry. All eyes looked to young Harry, and lo and behold, there was a mark in the shape of a lightning bolt above his right eye, clear <gasps> as day. So a lightning bolt? I thought it might be a Texas star or something. Yeah, dude, they don't think they're in Texas. Um, a, res- a result of the curse, said Amos. The others nodded in silent agreement. He'll wear it with him the rest of his days as a reminder of a most terrible act which he survived and will never be able to recall. A trophy of sorts, having bested old... Mm, Professor, his Minnie, as loud as she could get away with. Don't speak that devil's name aloud. We all know who done it. We all need to be calling out what's his name. I, don't, I for one, don't believe he's dead and gone. No sorry, and I'm certainly not the only one. She was right. The look in Hack's eyes confirmed he also suspected as much, and truth be told, Dumbledore agreed with them that their nemesis was not gone, merely weakened. However, he was not afraid to speak his name aloud, but now was no time oh my to God, I'm impress so excited. upon his compadres no. the downright silliness of their superstition. No, say his name. What's his name been changed to? I don't know. We're going to find out later, say though. Say his name. Yeah, we're not going to sing this new show. <laughs> All right. You can't still be thinking to leave him with these people, can you? Minnie almost spat out the word people in her sentence. Oh my um, god, the Dursleys are going to be the most white trash. They are. The most so. white trash. I've been keeping an eye on them. They're terrible. That woman has a box of instant grits in her cupboard. They put beans in their chili, for heaven's <laughs> sake, and they think the Von Ericks are on their way out of wrestling. Minnie was almost indignant at this point. <laughs> True story. Instant grits. Travesty. How long does it take to cook a grit? Right? I know. <laughs> instant grits is like bullshit. You should just kick out of camp if you have instant grits. Um, also, chili in your beans is lame. Um, uh, I disagree. It's delicious. Well, it depends what kind of chili you're having. Meat chili. Yeah, all meat. No. Yeah. Gross. Meat and spices. Gross. Yeah, Whatever. Mm-hmm. Gross. Great to <laughs> All right. Um, Amos diplomatically stepped in with the very shooting, shh, soothing, <laughs> shh, putting his finger to his lips. Hush now. <laughs> They're also the only candle Harry's got. Besides, I had Amos. Nobody will find him here. At that, Amos walked up to the front door of the fairly new trailer home and set the bundled infant at the threshold. He then paced, placed the letter in the folds of the blanket so that he'll know who he is one day, said <laughs> Does Amos. Does happen a lot in trailer park? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I was conceived in a trailer park. Were you? Yes, I was. Well, were you also left on the threshold? Yeah. Probably. No. <laughs> Maybe. Your mom's not telling you. There's no pictures of my mother pregnant. Uh, well, they do not exist. Because she only gained half a pound, right. and it was all inside. Right. All right. Let's see. So Harry has been abandoned. Um, when he returned to the little group, he looked meaningfully at Hack, who was obviously fighting back tears. 
Now, now, Hack, Harry will be fine, he said reassuringly. <laughs> I know, Professor. Just don't seem right, a boy that young losing his mommy and daddy. Especially that way, he said, referring to the horrible plate. But I reckon he's going to be famous. That's right, Hack. Our entire world will know the name of Harry Potter. He's the boy who lived. We didn't change Harry Potter? We didn't no. change that? Okay. I feel like Harry's just, you know, oh, goes that. everywhere. All right. Years later. I said that part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> young Harry awoke with a start and then a thought. Does a rooster have some innate sense to pick the worst time on the worst day to find the worst spot to start crowing? <laughs> this time, Red was right next to his window. Harry knew it would be mere moments before Aunt Daisy or his cousin Dirk would make sure he was up to start his chores. <laughs> well, you know what? Petunia, Daisy, solid. <laughs> it is, it is. With a heavy sigh... Harry slid on his freshest pair of jeans, an old striper t-shirt that had been handed down from Uncle Vern to Dirk. pair. Yeah. Is that like the pair you've only worn once? Yeah. And only for like three hours, so you're going to wear them again? Yep. Okay. Or maybe, because we don't know his conditions, it could be like, Perry's only worn for a week and only half stand up. That could be his freshest pair. Ugh. Yep. Yikers. Mm-hmm. Yikers. All right, so he put on his striper t-shirt, which had been handed down from Uncle Vern to Dirk, somehow missing blue with the family hound, Vern. in the process before it wound up in Harry's possession. So they give the shirts to the dog before Harry? Yeah. That is so well, they sad. hate him. They he do. lives under the stairs. Like, Well, we don't know. Oh, God, what's worse than under the stairs in a trailer? Remember, the rooster is crawling, crowing right next to him. It's not crawling. Um, we'll find out. <laughs> it's, it's, its legs are broken. And it's just like dirt swimming with it. <laughs> it is. All right. He was pulling on his beat-up pair of Justins when the clanging began. Do you think he has a mullet? I think he does. I think okay. guaranteed. They all can have mullets. Can I draw a mullet? Let's see you if can. I can draw Harry Potter with all a right. mullet. Harry lived <laughs> just outside the Dursley's proper residence. They had a prefabricated home, what the rest of the world would call a trailer, or maybe a mobile home. It was definitely a nice one. Nicer than any on the street. It was only a single wide, though, because Uncle Vern had said they could get a much better home if they didn't go for the double wide. But Harry did not live within the confines of Dursley Manor. No, Uncle Vern had not had made a deal with an old man Williams and limped home an ancient Winnebago RV recreational vehicle. Harry chuckled every, every time he heard the term because he simply could not imagine... Just what anybody would find remotely recreational to do in that thing, even when it must have been new. Well, he's young. He hasn't known yet. <laughs> of course, Uncle Vern had built up, built up the situation first. Harry, I've decided you need your own space, he said. Harry, of course, was in shock. It was one of the very rare times that any of the Dursleys spoke civil to him, much less took it upon themselves to consider any aspect of Harry's welfare, at least considering his welfare in some way that wasn't designed to make it any more miserable. The fact right there should have been his first warning, but Uncle Vern, Aunt Daisy, and Dirk were too happy to know he was going to not be sharing the same roof as them that he missed all the signals to the contrary. That is amazing. Then came that fateful Thursday evening, back when Uncle Vern still owned a Ford F-150. He pulled into the Dursley's yard with this museum piece of American road heritage behind it. Of course, the Winnebago had seen a good number of years go by since the last time it went anywhere under its own power. Probably more years than Harry had been alive, in fact. When Harry learned this was to be his new home, the number of emotions struggling for his attention was tremendous. What happened immediately afterward is the truly strange part. The towing strap Uncle Vern had used snapped, and the Winnebago was rolling by the sheer grace of gravity towards the telephone pole, easily 60 feet away. It was creaking and complaining the entire way, and struck the pole soundly. The pole seemed to survive okay, but the back end of the Winnebago was crumpled pretty bad. Oh dear. Uncle Vern slowly lowered his, slowly leveled his extremely unamused gaze at Harry after witnessing <laughs> the occurrence. I'm telling you, boy, that is exactly why you get your own space. I didn't know how you done it, but I know it was you who done that. Yep. Pointing at the newly repositioned RV, Uncle Vern's voice had experienced a pretty healthy crescendo during those few sentences. <laughs> Harry didn't know whether to be impressed that it was um, that it was the most Uncle Vern had spoken to him in any one session in quite some time, or feel he was in trouble again for something he clearly wasn't his fault. That was four years ago. 
And Uncle Vern had since traded the F-150 in for a Chevy Dually Crew Cab that he was immensely proud of. Harry had moved into the RV the night it repositioned itself. The RV just flat stunk. Much of it was because it had sat behind old man William's barn for God knows how many years to rot. So he's been living in this stinky place for, for, four, years. for four years? Yeah. Come on, Harry. Get some air fresheners, get some Febreze, mix some water with some vodka, spray it around, get that smell out. Right? Gross. I know. There were clear and definite signs that something had been living in it pretty recently. Harry had managed to patch up some of the bigger holes and remove what was left of the original carpet and seat cushions that had long ago become someone's science project. These, these four years later, it still retained a good bit of its musty, moldy smell. There were times when Harry would sit up front in the driver's seat and pretend to be on the road, going wherever the pavement could take him. <laughs> He's just sitting up front. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That didn't last long, however, once Dirk spotted him up there. Sure. The very next day, Dirk had decided that he just couldn't do without his own chair on the porch, and of course, that came out of Harry's RV. So they pull the they driver's pull seat. The driver's seat. That's and so plop it on the porch for Dirk. That's so sad. <laughs> About two weeks shy. For both of them, they can't be like, "Let's go get you a lawn chair, boy." No. Like, let's go spend six bucks and get you a plastic and he'll be like, lawn chair. They'll be like, "No, Dad, I want this one just to fuck with Harry." Oh, he's such a dick. Yes, Dirk, you're such a dick in any way, shape, or form. Dirk's a dick. All the dick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's, that's a different story. <laughs> about two weeks shy of four years ago, Harry managed to give the Dursleys a good scare, apparently. He decided to stay outside at night and watch the stars, just to see what he could see. Blue chose that night to be far more active than usual, and Harry managed to startle him, causing Blue to bark out a warning that woke the whole area. Lights in the trailer came on, horses whinnied, other dogs started to bark. All before Uncle Vernon got out the, sorry, Uncle Vern Vern. got out the front door with his 12 gauge in hand (laughs) to see just what the hell was going on. What in tarnation? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Mm-hmm. He of course found Harry out in the front yard, staring up at nothing. What in hell is going on out here? Bellowed Uncle Vern. You were close. He's close. Nothing. What does tarnation mean? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I used to. Replied Harry. Nothing, my ass. What's Blue barking at? Me. I decided to do a little stargazing tonight, and I think I surprised him. Uncle Vern closed his eyes and furrowed his brow in a vain attempt to comprehend the moment. Stargazing. Right. Boy, he muttered, you got yourself exactly three seconds to get your butt up in that RV and stay there. The next day found Uncle Vern adding a hasp to each of the RV's doors. From that night on, when Harry was was sent to bed, it was never without Uncle Vern, Aunt Daisy, or Dirk accompanying him to the RV to lock him in at night. Dick. The, cl- <laughs> the clanging that greeted him this particular morning had come from Dirk pounding on a tire iron and on the door frame. Nobody else's pounding was that enthusiastic, except perhaps Aunt Daisy's, but she usually had to have some drama to be wound up to, um, over to get that enthusiastic. Get up, cousin, yelled Dirk. Harry found Dirk to be a bit of a mystery. Most schoolyard bully types you could just ignore, and after a while, after a long while in a couple cases... They would get bored with whatever they were trying to bug you with and move on to someone else. Not Dirk. <laughs> Harry couldn't quite decide if it was Dirk's inability to realize Harry wasn't reacting much to him anymore or dog determination on Dirk's part, but Harry was pretty much sold on putting it down to Dirk's inability to figure things out. Yep. I'm up, I'm up, muttered Harry, and he stomped toward, toward the door to open it. It remained locked. Dirk heard the familiar <laughs> huffing from the other side, it signified Dirk's laughter at the situation. I just heard Fuzzy Husband screaming. I know. At the screen. He's super. At his friends. He's super raging. <laughs> All right. Dirk the Easily Amused often is, thought Harry quietly to himself. That's his new title. Dirk the Easily right. Amused. You're going to be um, you're gonna be in trouble if you're getting late, if you're late getting your chores done, Cousin Harry, taunted Dirk. You wouldn't want to get in trouble now, would you? This was a regular game of Dirk's. Dirk, of course, thought it was hilarious and found new hilarity each time he perpetrated on Harry. When Vernon or Daisy scolded Harry for not getting his morning chores done, they didn't particularly care to hear any excuses. So Harry just had learned to take it in stride. (laughs) Come on, Dirk, unlock the stupid door already, healed Harry. Harry often let himself fall victim to Dirk's mindless pranks because they had the nasty habit of getting under Harry's skin. 
mostly because they were so, well, mindless. Dirk obviously had great fun at Harry's outburst and his noiseless laughter sounded <laughs> as if Dirk was having some kind of seizure. There was That was a regular morning fantasy of Harry's. So his noiseless laughter, is he like that dog? That's like... <laughs> yeah, that one. Sorry, that was awful. I apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> finally, he heard, he heard Dirk let the padlock out of the hasp and Harry could open the door. You're late, said Dirk. I don't think Aunt Daisy's going to be too happy with you, making her wait for her breakfast and all. Harry just rolled his eyes and headed for the barn to feed the horses. Oh no, Harry's going to cook instant grits. That's right. And you know, today Aunt Daisy's going to be take to being late. Not at all. Harry rounded on Dirk at that to find him standing there with a very surprised look of smug satisfaction on his face. It wasn't often that Harry found Dirk smart enough to be very smug. But this time, Dirk knew he had struck gold. It was Dirk's birthday. Dirk's birthdays were always momentous occasions. Vernon and Daisy Daisy went to great pains to celebrate and lavish Dirk with tokens of their affection. Half the trailer was filled with the discards of their tokens. (laughs) Either Cheetos? Yep. Either because Dirk had grown bored with them or managed to render them inoperable. In a new RC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was one room solely devoted to Dirk's discards. Old footballs, Nintendos, and bicycles in various stages of disrepair. If anything stood in the way of Vernon Daisy's attempt at making the day go as smoothly as possible, it would be met with an increased amount of rancor. Harry sighed deeply, shook his head while he closed his eyes, and ran to the barn, leaving the sound of Dirk's laughter behind him. Fortunately for Harry, he wasn't as late as he thought. He apparently managed to make up some time while hurrying through his chores, and even if he was a few minutes late, Aunt Daisy didn't seem to notice. Yeah. Don't burn the bacon this time, Aunt Daisy warbled at him. Don't and, burn that bacon, mm-hmm. goddammit. And don't turn the heat up too high for the eggs. You know how he hates them when the edges get crispy. Things seemed to be fairly normal this morning, in Harry's opinion. That changed very quickly when Dirk and Uncle Vern came into the kitchenette. Happy birthday, <laughs> Happy birthday, sugar! Squeaked Aunt Daisy, giving Dirk a hug. Uh, you do a magnificent female voice. Mm, Considering you speak in a female voice every time you talk, you do a magnificent female voice. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it! No, I just did. Happy birthday, no! boy! Said Uncle Vernon. Oh, fine, fine. <laughs> Vern, while giving Dirk Vern. an exaggerated clap on the back. This is a big day. <laughs> Harry kept fixing the breakfast. Harry hadn't ever had a birthday celebration before. We got you some great presents this year, boy. And after you open them, guess what? We're going to town. Uncle Vern positively beamed. Dirk looked excited. You mean, he has Dirk, <gasps> you mean we're really going? That's right, exclaimed Uncle Vern. Harry had no clue what they were referring to, but obviously Uncle Vern was almost as excited about going wherever it Tragical. was as much as Dirk. Ha <laughs> ha, close. We got, we've got tickets to the time trials at the Speedway. Yes! I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, There knew seemed it. to be a general release of excitement at the saying of these words, although they all pretty much had to know what a big event it was before Uncle Vern got around to saying so. Harry found it curious that Uncle Vern would indulge Dirk's passion for NASCAR. Not that Uncle <laughs> Vern wasn't a NASCAR fan, he was, and a tremendous one at that. But Uncle Vern was a Daryl Earnhardt fan, and Dirk liked Jeff Gordon. This led to many a feud that lasted all weekend long during race season. But today was different. Today was Dirk's birthday, his 11th birthday at that. After breakfast, and all the presents had been torn into, the clock finally arrived at the moment when they needed to pack up and go. Dirk and Aunt Daisy piled into the crew cab Chevy Dooley, and just before Harry could open his door, Uncle Vern spun him around by the shoulder. Now listen up, boy. There ain't gonna be no weird stuff, you understand? I ain't putting up with nothing out of you. Got it? God damn it. That's right. Harry nodded and got into the truck. It took the better part of an hour to drive to the speedway normally. Being that there was a NASCAR event going on, it took over two hours, and they had to park in a field across the street and walk there. Being that it was summer, the heat was almost overwhelming. Harry, who had a wiry frame and whose chores headed to keep him in decent shape. Wiry. That's right. Wasn't having too hard a time of it. But the rest of the Dursleys were given to being a bit on the pudgy side, 
And Dirk was even more so. Can I pause you for a second? Yes, again. Can I tell you my NASCAR story? All right. It's really fast. Okay, so when I turned 21, my aunt gave me tickets to go see NASCAR in Las Vegas. And okay. I'm not sure why, because I'm not into NASCAR, but she had been once and thought it was really fun. And so for my 21st birthday, she gave me tickets to go. However, when my parents, because she gave my parents, I'm telling this really fast, she gave my parents and I tickets, right, mm -hmm. to go see it in, in Vegas. When we all got there... I ended up having strep throat and couldn't go because Sorry. it was snowing in Vegas. It was cold <laughs> enough that it was snowing. And then so during you missed the NASCAR? I missed the NASCAR, but that's okay because it was also the, woo, she's flashing me. <laughs> woo, she's flashing me. I got the vapors. <laughs> um, it was also the same weekend as the um, biker convention of Vietnam vets. All right. And I actually hung out with them, and they were really cool humans. Nice. So I had terrible strep throat, but at the same time, I hung out with really cool people. Excellent. And managed to escape the NASCAR. And managed to escape. My dad went, and my mom stayed. She was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to take care of Ashley. <laughs> and then as soon as my dad left, she's like, I'm going to go play penny slots. I was like, yeah, you go do that. And my dad went, and he put in his earplugs, and he's like, yeah, it was really fun. They go really fast. <laughs> And it was so sweet of my aunt to give us the tickets. But at the same time, like, why? Yeah, no one looking at you would think NASCAR. NASCAR. Despite the fact that I was, in fact, conceived inside a trailer park. That's right. But that does not mean you follow Dale Earnhardt or Jim Gordon. Neither. Or Jeff Gordon. Sorry, I obviously don't follow, follow NASCAR either. Okay, sorry. Go All ahead. Right. <clears throat> <clears throat> um, by the time they reached the grandstands, Harry noticed the early signs of sunburn on Dirk's face and arms. Aunt Daisy apparently noticed it too, and quickly rubbed Dirk down with a coconut-scented concoction designed to keep him from getting too burnt, a.k.a. sunscreen. I have two tubes of sunscreen in my purse for my husband at all times. Oh, yeah. Cause... So he doesn't get burned before he's in the sun. Like, she's a terrible mother. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, she Fuck you, then proceeded to apply liberal amounts to herself and pass the squirt bottle to Uncle Vern. Uncle Vern was used to the outdoors, being a feed salesman, so he didn't use very much. There was virtually none left when he finally passed it to Harry. Harry spread what little he could find on his forearms and pulled his gimme cap a little lower, hoping his face wouldn't burn. Harry didn't care for the smell of coconut anyway. Harry didn't follow NASCAR very much. He knew enough by listening to Uncle Vern and Dirk's feuds to know who most of the important drivers were and what corporate logos they drove for. But when it came to what all is involved in a race, or in this case, a time trial, he expected it would be pretty much what he briefly glimpsed on television. Left turns. Cars going around in a circle really fast, yeah. and shirtless people, much like the Dursleys, sitting on the tops of actual working RVs drinking beer. Yeah. They were here, too. He could see them across the track in the infield, but they were in the grandstands. And since this was a time trial, there were very few cars on the track at any one time, and they weren't really racing each other. It took a little longer for Dirk's enthusiasm to wane than Harry first, first anticipated. But after a couple of Uncle Vern's impatient replies to Dirk's repeated request to look through Vern's binoculars, the truth came out. Daddy, I want a hot dog. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, it's seven. Pa, I want a hot dog. All right. There ain't going to be no racing today, son, Vern said in his best, uh, impatiently nice tone of voice. These are time trials, remember? I'm they pretty use these... sure you're supposed to give us your best, impatiently, whatever voice. Ugh. Yeah. I mean. All right. There ain't going to be no time trials today, son. <laughs> these are time trials remember they use these to figure out who's going to be in the starting position of course we all know that Earnhardt's going to get that pull it was a remark designed to provoke Dirk and provoke it did Dirk exercised his normal lack of diplomatic skills and letting Uncle Vern know exactly what he thought of Dale Earnhardt. Do you ever say shit to antagonize your parents, knowing it's going to antagonize yeah. them? And you're like, blah, 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 inflammatory statement. And then you just look at them like, bring it on! But I love that it's, it's, it's Uncle Vern fucking with Dirk that way and yeah. not vice versa. Yeah. I mean, because they're just going to punch each other a little bit right. and it'll be fine. All right, let's see. Um, Dirk also did not have the presence of mind to take into consideration 
whose shirts and hats most of the crowd around them were wearing. Oh, he's going to get beat down. This was Earnhardt Country, and Dirk was making himself no <gasps> friends. Earnhardt, Earnhardt, H-A-R-D-T, right? Yeah. The veracity of Dirk's tirade surprised even Harry and took the opportunity to announce that he was going to see if he could get up towards the fence or maybe even the pit. And with the barest of acknowledgments from Aunt Daisy, he took off. Harry really had no intention of mingling with the mass of humanity that was already at the fence and had little interest in seeing the pit area. Instead, he wandered out towards the concession. He had managed to scrape together a couple of dollars and he was dying of thirst, so he went to buy a Coke. That's <laughs> not... A couple of dollars not gonna cut it. It's like seven fifty for a Coke. Whatever. Yeah, it's a fiction. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is fiction. That is the most fictiony part of this entire story. True story. Being More able so to, than with it. Yes. Yep. Yes. Being able to go to a place and and pay less than six dollars for water. True. Yep. All right. He then scouted a place to get out of the direct heat because it would melt the ice in his Coke before it got halfway through with it otherwise. He found some shade under the grandstands out near the grass and headed there. He was surprised how quiet and occupied it was down there. But then a roar no. of <laughs> But then a roar of approval no. from the crowd no. above provided explanation. No. Dale Earnhardt had obviously taken to the track and was now performing some warm up laps. If this had been race day, Harry was sure he'd never have the area to himself. Isn't he like a bajillion years old? Isn't that why there's a junior? I think if the OG is dead. Is he? I think. I don't know. I do not follow NASCAR at all. Okay. All right. But you can look that up while I read. I mean, like, but you should drink some, because yours is I not. I should. Because um, I'm done with mine, and yours is not. E-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. As after Harry enjoyed his Coke, he wandered back out into the sunlight. He found an area where some people had brought things to sell and display. He found some taxidermied animals, wallets and belts made out of snakeskin, a table full of Beanie Babies. He even found a gypsy who offered to read his palm for free. That's so great. A table full of Beanie Babies. That's amazing. That's so, like, was once mainstream and now still only cared about by trailer people. That's right. <laughs> this little episode struck Harry as very odd. Harry had just wandering by her booth, and she made him the same offer she had made every other passerby. Being that it was so hot, Harry removed his cap and wiped his brow. When he looked back at her, she was gazing at Harry for a moment, for all the world looking like she could not believe her eyes. She then seemed extremely nice to Harry, although that wouldn't be too hard. Harry was used to people not either not noticing him or not being at all nice to him. Harry happened to also notice that she did not seem quite as nice to the other people either, and he caught her continuing to look after him. That made Harry feel a bit creepy, so he went to another section of the fairgrounds. <gasps> yeah, he's dead. He died in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Born in 1951. Di- oh, he died early. That's what happens when your stepfather likes cars. <laughs> you That's win. so sad. Yeah. He died early. Yeah, maybe this is... Aww. No sadness. Now I'm sad. We're talking about somebody yeah. dead. Hmm. Well, maybe this is set before he died, right? Because if it is when Harry Potter was only 11. Yeah. Right? So it's the 90s, I mean, so he's still alive. now. So. Oh, my God. Can you not bring down our story? No, because I'm bleeding from my uterus. Oh, my God. So things make me sad. You're <laughs> the worst. I'm the worst. I am the worst. All right. That made Harry feel a bit creepy, so he went to another section of the fairgrounds and noticed something that made him really take notice, the snake charmers. Mm. Harry had only heard about these people, but never thought they really existed. Yet here they were, with the sign and everything, and snakes. More snakes than Harry ever thought could live in one tank. They were all writhing and sticking their tongues out, and it fascinated Harry. He recognized many of them from science class, and most of them were some form of grass snake. But then Harry came up on a snake in a tank all by itself that he didn't believe. He stood there in obvious awe because the grizzled old man tending the display spoke. Ain't you ever seen one of them four, son? That's a diamondback rattler. Careful now. We don't want him biting anybody. The old man cackled in self-amusement. Check this out, he said as he removed the cover of the tank and reached in with his bare hand. Harry was stunned. He was certain the old man was going to get bit. See? Gentle as a lamb, he said as he picked up the snake. As the snake uncoiled, it was it was far bigger than Harry, 
or many of the rest of the small crowd that was developing had thought. Want to hold him, son? said the old man to Harry. Or at least he thought he was asking Harry, but suddenly Dirk appeared at his shoulder, and Harry realized Uncle Vern and Aunt Daisy were there too. Dirk looked pale, which was a real trick for as much sun as he'd already absorbed. So Harry just said, sure. Before Aunt Daisy's protest gained volume, Harry had stepped up and held out his hands. The old man made to put the snake across Harry's outstretched arm hands when Harry said, I hate that old man. Harry heard. I hate that old man. <gasps> Harry looked around quickly, then looked at the old man. The old man appeared as if he hadn't heard a word, and it looked like Dirk was still too petrified to have said it. What am I, some kind of circus freak? Harry realized he was hearing the snake talk. He simply couldn't believe his ears. The crowd was thinning. Having seen a young boy handling something as dangerous as a diamondback, they figured something was up and were rapidly losing interest. Aunt Daisy had switched from voicing her objections to Harry, handling the huge snake, to tending Dirk's uneasy stomach. Uncle Vern... And what? Hmm? Why is Dirk's stomach uneasy? Because he apparently doesn't like snakes. I mean, we know that, but yeah. like... What, what does it mean when you're tending to somebody's uneasy stomach? Does that mean they're actively You're sick? like rubbing his tummy and being like, it's okay, honey. When does that help? I don't know. Who's nauseous and rubbing their stomach makes it better? Me when I'm pregnant. Really? Did that help you? Well, it got the baby off of my stomach. Okay. So, Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, Dirk's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uncle Vern had apparently wandered over to the t-shirt vendor. The old man had turned away momentarily, so Harry spoke in a quiet voice. You can speak? That's amazing. All right, that's enough, the old man said, half laughing. Had his fangs and poison sacks removed a couple of years ago when I first got him. Even if he wanted to be ornery, he couldn't. At that, the old man took the snake and placed him back in the aquarium tank and replaced the screen over the top. He couldn't hurt a fly, and nobody could tell by, that by looking at him. The old man then went to tend to one of the other tanks. Harry leaned down and said, Can you hear me? Yeah, came the reply. He clearly had the snake's attention now. How would you feel living in a small cage for most of your life? Said the snake. I wish <laughs> I could lispy? escape. Is it lispy? Yeah. Is it written lispy? It is written lispy. That's amazing. Snakes are lispy. Harry immediately sympathized. It must be a terrible fate, he thought. Then he thought about his own situation. Even though the snake didn't have dirt to contend with, the problem was quickly solved. Harry was violently shoved aside by a reinvigorated Dirk who blurted, I heard what that old man said. No fangs, no poison, no big trick to handle them then. Is there? Is there? Dirk began knocking on the glass to get some kind of reaction from the snake. At that moment, it was as if the aquarium had just given up hope. First, Harry thought Dirk had simply broken the tank. It would have been no big surprise if he had. But Harry saw no broken glass, no pieces anywhere. But then his attention was immediately diverted to the huge diamond back wrapping himself around Dirk's outstretched arm, making its way quickly up towards Dirk's head. That is more scary than a boa. It is. Um, it took a couple of moments for Dirk to find his voice, and when he did, he found the loudest part first. <laughs> Dirk was screaming and starting to That's a great quail. sentence. That it was a great sentence. It really is. This thing is very well written. Yeah, it is. I'm quite enjoying it. Me too. Although I'm fucking up reading it, so I apologize, everyone. Just make it more twangy. I don't know. Um, he knocked Harry. He did. He knocked Harry to the ground in his impromptu choreography and managed to shake, shake the snake loose, but only after getting the attention of the crowd and causing them all to panic. The only ah! two. Yes. Panic crowd. <laughs> the only two people Sound in the fast. crowd not trying to distance themselves from Dirk were the old man and Aunt Daisy. Thanks, buddy. Harry heard as he searched for his dislodged glasses. When he regained them, he couldn't find the snake anywhere. The old man was lo looking around furiously, shouting, It's all right, he's toothless. And they took off in a direction to be de he determined the snake had gone. Dirk had managed to get sick all in the excitement and was wearing half uh. the result down the front of his Ew. jeans and his new Jeff Gordon t-shirt. Ew. And Daisy was trying futilely to clean him up. Ew. I know. Drink a lot. You said ew like four times. Oh, well, I'm empty. Well, son of a bitch. Give me some drink. No, but right. pause. I gotta pee anyway. Okay. I'm almost done with the chapter. <gasps> Moments later, Harry perceived a presence behind him. He looked up to see the towering, unhappy visage of Uncle Vern. Harry quickly looked up the aquarium on the table, only to find it completely intact. Oh, no. The aquarium? I, mm hmm. So the fish are gone? Yeah. 
It's an aquarium. So it's not a terrarium. It's not a terrarium. It's, it's an, an aquarium. aquarium. Yep. The fish are gone. The turtles are gone. And the, and the big snake. The water snails are gone. That's right. Okay. I told you, boy, Uncle Vernon said through clenched teeth. I told you. I wasn't going to buy nothing weird today. I don't know what you've done, and I know you're the one who done it. You're going to catch such a beating when we get home. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So, just side note from the author. Um, the setting is in what's supposed to be the Deep South, deep which could south. be any of the former Confederate states, but <laughs> the author pictured it as something like Georgia or Alabama, maybe in Texas. All right. So, on to chapter two. All right, chapter two. Chapter two. Um, side note, going back to our beans versus no beans, the author has chimed in with this. Also, on a personal note, the beans in their chili for heaven's sake in chapter one. That's a personal pet peeve. Here in Texas, we have chili contests all over the southern portion of the state, and it's a big deal. Chili is like barbecue. You get different types from different areas of the country, but there's one hard and fast rule I, and I think most Texans stick to. Beans do not go in chili. Buggy people. All right. From Louisiana, we have the wonderful dish of red beans and rice, which is magical. That was my It is side. magical. That's a side dish that goes great with chili. Beans should not be in the chili itself. No. Bad, bad, bad. That's like putting potato in burritos. All the Just beans. a cheap way. Okay. So, so then note. they've never had breakfast burritos before. That's right. Or whatever. Um, the place that where I used to live when I went to college had the all-night drive-through burrito place made the Cali burrito, which was full of French fries, and it was delicious, and not at all nutritious. All right, all the beans. All the beans. All right, and now <laughs> on with our story. If I respect a, you, writer, but you're wrong. <laughs> all the beans. If a ride home from anywhere could be memorable for either good or bad reasons, this one was. They got to the truck, and Uncle Vern banished Harry to riding home in the rear. That suited Harry just fine, as it turns out, being that Aunt Daisy didn't have much work to do, to, much to work with to clean up Dirk. It didn't take long for Harry to overhear a couple of choice comments pertaining to Dirk's odor. Because <laughs> remember, he barfed on himself. Yeah, no, gross. I don't want to talk about yeah. it. When they got home, Uncle Vern stayed true to his word. Harry took licks from Uncle Vern's belt for what seemed like a couple of hours. Wow. But in reality, things didn't last more than a few minutes. But it was during this in, in term, interminable? Yeah, yep. there you go. Yep. Hellish I should be able to read that <laughs> while I'm drinking. Yep. Um, but Aunt Daisy ran and yelled at Uncle Vern. Harry wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to what Uncle Vern was yelling at him. Instead, he concentrated on just trying to get through this as quickly as possible, so he missed whatever it was that Uncle Vern had said. Uncle Vern did get Harry's attention when he invoked his parents' names, and that's when Aunt Daisy arrived. Vern, she shouted, you have to watch your mouth. You can't say that, remember? It was at this point that Uncle Vern stopped, and after a couple of moments of awkward silence, told Harry to go to his room without oh, supper. Wait, wait, wait. This is at that moment that Vern stopped. Uh-huh. Um, and after a couple... No, you have to let the awkward stop. silence happen. Oh, but then everyone's just listening to I know, and it's awkward, and it's it silent. Is. Just let it be. Okay, that was my <laughs> <laughs> All right. There were very odd looks exchanged between Uncle Vern and Daisy as he left, as if Uncle Vern might have realized he said something very wrong. <gasps> It could have been Uncle Vern being apologetic for casting aspersions at Harry's lineage. No. Quite the opposite. Both Uncle Vern and Aunt Daisy simply didn't miss an opportunity to take pot shots at Earl and Lily Potter whenever the subject came up. Earl which, and Lily. Still mm -hmm. still Lily. Well, that makes sense. And yeah. James becomes Earl. James becomes Earl. All right. Um, Harry wondered if Uncle Vern had simply crossed the lines of good taste. Huh. Fat chance, he laughed to himself. Or if he really said something important. They never talked to Harry much about his real parents, other than to let them know that they were not his real parents. It must have been a terrible car wreck that took their lives and left Harry with a lightning bolt scar. Harry went to, Harry went to bed with a very maudlin attitude. The next morning went pretty much like they all had. Harry got up, pulled on some jeans and a t-shirt and his boots, and set out to feed the animals. He always liked to put it that way because... After he got done with the horses in blue, the family hound, and the chickens, he usually went indoors and was regale... Sorry, guys. I'm fucking whiskey. Um, <laughs> uh, Jack. Yes. 
<laughs> Anna's um, delegates making breakfast for the Dursleys. There was no sign of recognition of last night's events in anyone's face except perhaps Uncle Vern. And the only recognition of last night's events he seemed to display was that he clearly didn't think he'd given Harley nearly enough swats. Being that it was summer, they didn't have... Didn't he belt him? Yeah. A belting's a little bit worse than a swat. Well, he swatted him with the belt. No. Yeah. No. And I un- got swatted. And Belting un- is different. In Uncle Vern's mind, it's just the few love tips. No. Mm-hmm. That's no. right. Um, being that it was summer, he didn't have to worry about catching the bus to school. After breakfast was done, Harry was on KP while the rest of the family generally went to the den. And generally went to the den? That's right. Sorry. And positioned themselves <laughs> for a lengthy day in front of the television. hey While Harry was finishing up his cleaning, an envelope came fluttering in through one of the window vents. It was not uncommon for the wind to have odd patterns. Wait. And the wind to have odd patterns? And so it blows out. Envelope. A letter. And so, yeah, why not? <laughs> That's totally normal. Why not? That happens. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes it's leaves, and sometimes yeah. it's USPS, whatever. Well, <laughs> and the occasional dust devil could pick up stuff and carry it. Sure. An impressive distance. Sure. So Harry didn't consider it all that odd until he read who the envelope was addressed to. <gasps> Harry Potter, the RV against the pole. We're all root for <laughs> Openly, he never received any mail before. <laughs> I was sure Uncle Vernon and Daisy would gladly hand him the occupant envelopes. Okay. okay, so it's a pole like the thing that sticks out of the ground, it's and not like pole. the derogatory term for somebody <laughs> no. from Poland. Okay, yes. so just just, just checking. checking, just checking. Right. How does one draw an RV? Um, I can tell RV. you, but I'm reading. Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> Uh, okay, this was, however, was an entirely different matter. This was addressed directly to him. There were no stamps, no postmark, no return address. It was made of fairly thick paper, he noticed, and one, in near one edge, it looked like it had been scraped against a couple of very sharp and pointy things. Harry dawdled dawdled a bit too long in his shock, that's amazing, and Dirk noticed him holding the letter. And quickly snatched it out of his from Harry's grasp. <laughs> Give that back! It's mine! Harry shouted. Harry as Dirk began giggling. <laughs> you didn't giggle for Dirk. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you have Japanime. That's right. Because you know that's all Dirk's into. Yeah. Dirk ran into the den, yelling, "Hey, check this out! Harry got mail." Uncle Vernon and Aunt Daisy Harry's pried their mail. attention from <laughs> you. Yes, from the television to see what Dirk and Harry were arguing over. Indeed, Dirk held an envelope that Harry was trying to retrieve. Uncle Vern stood up and took it, and Dirk certainly offered up no resistance. Harry resigned with one more. It's mine. It's addressed to me. Uncle Vern eyed it suspiciously at first. Very suspiciously, because it was indeed addressed to Harry. Aunt, um, Aunt Daisy. Daisy. The hero Aunt Lily, that could got me for a second. And Daisy got up to look at it about the same time that Uncle Vern turned it over and saw the wax seal stamped with Hogwarts School of Wizardry and a crest. That's crazy. Alright. I'm still amazed that it's called Hogwarts, quite honestly. Okay, so they're in the south so Hogwarts totally makes sense. We like sow pimples, like (laughs) I think sow pimples is what it should be called. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Sow pimples, school of witching. (laughs) <laughs> That's what it should School be. School of Wizarding. Wizarding. <laughs> All right. So. And let's see. Harry noticed that both Uncle Vernon and Daisy went immediately pale once they turned the envelope over. He mentally kicked himself for not having done that. Obviously, the return address showed more on the back flap of the envelope and not in the upper left corner of the front, as most mail has it. <laughs> Aunt Daisy was still speechless. She just gave... This little whimper and brought her hand to her mouth as if she had just received some really bad news. Uncle Vern turned redder by the moment as he started to tear up the envelope. Hey, protested Harry, that's mine. It's addressed to me and I want it. Uncle Vern gave him a look so serious, so menacing, that Harry's voice caught in his throat. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, I mean the new 
new theme music. <laughs> Sal Pimple School of Wizardom. Bum bum biddy dum dum dum. Yeehaw! <laughs> The new theme. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Solid. It's gonna be a ne- ne- next time theme song. All right, uh, <laughs> guys, I'm fucking brilliant. <laughs> you are. Somebody bottle my brilliance. <laughs> All right, this ain't got nothing to do with you, boy. Nothing. You hear me? Now forget about it and get back to your chores. Harry skulked back into the kitchen and put the remaining dishes away. He spent the rest of the day mechanically going through his daily chores, but his mind never got off the envelope addressed directly to him. The next day, again, started out much like the day before, um, which had started out much like most of the summer before that. He got dressed, fed the animals, and this time while cleaning the dishes, he was actively looking for the wi- out the window to see what he could see. He made it a point to leave one of the windows open, and when Aunt Daisy asked him why he had a window open on the summer morning, um, when it's they, fucking summer. Fuck when off. they just had the air conditioning going inside the trailer, whatever. Harry replied that it helped the kid cool the kitchen down faster and should save a few bucks on their electric bill. Uh, that's smart of him. And Daisy accepted that with just the um, with just a comment of just be sure you close it when you're finished. Well, I can't read anymore. Sorry, guys. Harry was hoping for an encore performance of yesterday. Of course, he realized the likelihood of that happening again was virtually slim. Harry looked down to get the next dish and jumped in surprise <gasps> when an envelope hit him square on the forehead. An envelope! <laughs> <laughs> it was thick enough that when it fell in the sink, it did not absorb much water. But it didn't matter. I mean, Harry's brief exclamation was enough to bring Aunt Daisy things, into the kitchen. Do thick and, things not absorb No. Water? And she immediately spotted the envelope. Oh no, Aunt Daisy Dale. Yeah. As she picked it up, she turns it so again. Harry could not see the seal on the back. Uncle Vern came in and managed to be the only one of the family to perform an encore performance of the day before, turning redder with every tear of the envelope. Oh, I can't do that over audio. No, you can't. He then pushed Harry aside, turned on the taps, and stuffed the shredded remnants down the garbage disposal, and turned it on. Harry's second envelope went down the drain with a sickening, sucking growl of the mechanical monster that lived under the sink and had a voracious appetite <laughs> for anything you cared to give it. That's me turning redder. Good job. Yeah, you're welcome. Harry's brief thought of, well, that was over quickly, was premature. Uncle Vern, and round, Uncle Vern rounded on him and demanded, where the hell did that come from? Harry froze momentarily and pointed to the window. Uncle Vern slammed the window shut and locked it. I don't know where you're getting these things from, boy, but you better stop. Harry was again speechless. He had no idea where they were coming from or from who. And what's more, there was a new sound in the kitchen. Aunt Daisy was actually crying. Weeping would be a better word, thought Harry. He couldn't understand how him having a letter addressed to him two days in a row coming in through the window could make Aunt Daisy so upset. Until he thought about that chain of events, it started to see how, yeah, they could probably wake someone out pretty good. He's not weirded out about talking to a snake. No. No. But letters. You know, letters weird soft. him out. Yeah. Letters are freaking weird. Snakes, not no. so weird. Aunt Daisy took a few minutes to regain her composure. She was really <laughs> upset. Whatever it was about all of this, she seemed to be the only Lucky one really Daisy. having trouble dealing with it. Uncle Vern would get real mad, but then he'd once but then once he torn up the envelope, it was pretty much over. Dirk didn't pay much mind, but then, well, the joke almost writes himself now, doesn't it? Sure does. Mm-hmm. So again, Harry spent the day wondering about these mysterious envelopes. He spent the night wondering about them as well. So much so he had trouble getting sleepy at all. He got up and gazed out one of the windows in the RV. He noticed a couple of owls perched over one of the fences and he watched them for a while to see if they went after anything. They didn't. Harry wasn't sure how long he stayed up watching them, but it was a good couple of hours, and they didn't budge. Harry finally got tired and fell asleep. The next morning went same as the first, until after breakfast, that is. Aunt Daisy was going to do the dishes. She usually did them when he and Dirk had to go to school, but this was summer, and she enjoyed not having to do them. But today, she was going to. Harry could not help but notice she kept the window shut and locked. Harry didn't have a lot to do around the trailer, and Uncle Vern tersely asked Harry to stay inside today. Harry obliged. Of course, he had little choice. It didn't take very long before Harry longed to be doing his chores and then sitting in the den watching TV. 
and sitting around the den watching TV. Harry sulked, but at least he was quiet. Uncle Vern was He's quiet. quietly sulking. That's right. Aunt Daisy was preoccupied, so she was quiet. And Dirk was nowhere to be found, so he blissfully was without that little annoyance. It was almost noon when the first one came. An envelope shot through a slot in the door. Harry wanted to go get it, but was intercepted by a very serious look on Uncle Vern's face. Her. He stomped over as he stooped to pick it up. Another one came through the slot, then another. Flap, flap. Then they started coming in one after the other. Flap, 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 flap. And eventually it grew into a stream of <laughs> There was a small pile of envelopes in the entryway. I don't know if you knew this, but my dad made sounds for a living for 25 no years. No way, really? Yes. And I inherited I, that, can you tell? I could not <laughs> with tell. With the flap flaps. Could not tell with the flap flaps. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> He was, edited the sounds. He didn't make them. I know. I'm going to picture him now. <laughs> there was a small pile of envelopes in the entryway in just a couple of minutes. Harry couldn't help but grin. By now, he recognized the color and shape of the envelopes, and the ink used to address them looked exactly <laughs> as the first two had arrived. Sow pimples, school of wizard. <laughs> That's right. He could see they all had seals on the back, but could not read them. Uncle Vern was, of course, reacting much as he had the first two days, except more so with the multitude of envelopes that he had, that arrived. It was Aunt Daisy who first noticed them. Harry and Uncle Vern were far more concerned with trying to get their hands on the envelopes. Aunt Daisy let out of one of those squeaky screams she is famous for, with a look of stark terror in her eyes. So, ah! That's her little squeaky thing. Ah! Yep. Uncle Vern looked at her puzzled and demanded, Well, what? What? Like that. Aunt Daisy simply pointed out the window. Harry and Uncle Vern's gaze <gasps> followed her outstretched finger to the front yard. There were owls everywhere. Owls. On the we're ground. Still using owls. On the fence post, on the truck. Not buzzards. All okay. in the trees, just everywhere. Barn owls, probably. Yeah. Right? Makes sense. I mean, um, they're pretty, but And not just the common barn owls I mean, either. Okay. Harry <laughs> spotted some he didn't think were from around here. He couldn't understand why they were all here either. But then he also didn't see what there was to be frightened of. It was just kind of weird, that's all. Surprisingly, Harry noticed that... Okay, so a solitary, predatory animal mm-hmm. en masse yeah. doesn't freak him out. Yeah. Because it would freak me out. One time... No, it's not one. It's like a... It's like, I know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's like, true. a whole huge group of an animal that is a solitary, predatory animal. Maybe doesn't... he just hasn't seen the birds yet. No. I mean, like, maybe. Because I walked out of my parents' house one time when I was a kid, and there were, like, 40 crows. That is always freaky. On my neighbor's, like, roof and on her front yard. I opened the door, and I was like, nope. Nope. (laughs) I called uh, school, and I was like, I can't come in today. I'm sick. And I called my mom, and I was like, there was 40 crows on the neighbor's house. She's like, yeah, you should stay home. You can't trust the murder of crows. (laughs) You can't. You can't. You can't. I mean, they're called a murder of crows. It was, for it, was a it was a legitimate reason to yeah. stay home. Totally. <laughs> All right. Those are scary. Uh, da, da, da. So we have the weird owls. Surprisingly, Harry noticed that both Uncle Vern and Aunt Daisy had a glimmer of recognition on their faces. Oh. Harry got the idea they may know exactly what was going Suspicious. on. Suspicious. Before he could ask anything, however, Uncle Vern faced him. Look, boy, this won't stand. You hear me? We ain't gonna sit around here and get buried in envelopes and swarm biles. Envelopes. Envelopes. Mm-hmm. He looks at hand Daisy. Go find Dirk and pack a couple of bags. We're leaving, Harry. You come with me. Harry was stunned. He wasn't sure what he was in for, but he made himself promise to pay more attention to what Uncle Vern might say. Instead, Uncle Vern didn't say much of anything. He went back to their bedroom, retrieved an old suitcase, and led Harry out to the RV. He faced Harry and said, Pack some clothes. We're fixing to leave in five minutes. Sure enough, five minutes later, when Harry emerged from his RV, Aunt Daisy and Dirk were already in the truck, and Uncle Vern was headed for Harry. He grabbed Harry's suitcase from him and told him to get in the truck. They were on the road a minute later. All right. So, it says, I can't think much of much new in this boring little chapter. I definitely have a direction to go with it, but I had to break things up to keep them from being too ponderously long. All right, so that is chapters one and two Woo-hoo! of the Southern Fried Harry Potter. 
We will continue with chapters three, four, and possibly more next time so we can find out what happens when everybody gets in the Chevy dual cab truck thing that Uncle Vern has and they ride off into the sunset. All right. Ashley. Yep. Pay attention. Hi. Kind of helps. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Except now you fail. Oh, we're only in an hour. Sweet. Hey, can I read a short story? Yes. Yay! Okay. Here, you can draw. All right. You can take off for Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, right? Yeah. Professional. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So somebody told me once that if you texted your phone number to this thing on Facebook, it would tell you uh, who your... Uh, I'm sorry, what your phone's name was. Mm -hmm. So I did that, and apparently my phone's name is Lamont Barlow. So I text stuff to myself all the time to remind me to read things or look at things Mm -hmm. when I'm too tired to do it. Like, at one in the morning when I wake up and I think of it. Mm -hmm. So um, all of these are saved on Lamont Barlow. Dexter versus the Scran Strangler. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? I am. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dexter versus the Scranton Strangler by Jedi Nye 5. J E D I K N I G H 5. Yep. Jedi Nye 5. Pam returned early to her motel room. Mm. She had been staying there uh, here for a couple of weeks, even brought the kids over for a night. That had been fun for a night, but she needed something more permanent. Her children needed more roots than this. Pam and her husband Jim needed to make a decision soon. Either reconcile or separate permanently. What? Oh, no. I don't like what? this. No. She quietly called for Jim. Um... It wasn't likely he'd come here without calling first, but she feared the alternative. Pam reached into her purse for a gun. Killing a total stranger would attract police attention. But if this stranger was a threat to her, possibly her children, Pam would do what she had to. But Pam never saw his face. He injected the needle into her, and Pam lost consciousness within seconds. Wait, so I'm already pissed at Jedi Nye 5 because not only did he break up Pam and Jim, <laughs> a.k.a. Jam, Jam, and has Pam staying in a shitty motel room somewhere, Yep. Um, he also has her packing heat and being abducted by Dexter. The fuck? <clears throat> All right. What was, the, what was the title of this? Dexter versus the Strand. Can we please make it so that Toby is actually the Scran Strangler and he saves Pam because he's in love with Pam? Pam woke up, unable to move, covered in plastic. She was terrified that she was about to die. A man stood over her with an apron. He was Dexter Morgan. Who are you? Dexter. Dexter Morgan, also known as the Bay Harbor Butcher. Please don't hurt me. I have a husband and two small children. I know. I have a son myself. As you can see, I have a different job. I tried to find the Scranton Strangler, but the police beat me to it. I had always done, uh, I always had some doubts as to whether or not George Howard Scubb was really guilty. Then I saw the physical evidence. It confirmed conclusively that he was guilty of multiple murderers. The police robbed me of my prey, but what the hell? He'll spend the rest of his life on, life on death row. What does this have to do with me? The evidence also proved Scubb was innocent of at least three of the murders, which meant he had a partner. Toby. (laughs) So I followed the evidence to the second strangler. Guess where that led? I don't know. You have a great poker face, but the evidence showed that you killed those people. (gasps) Even Even after Scubb was caught. You and your husband separated. You began your killing again, this time with a gun, making the killings look more like muggings. Using the same gun is risky. Having it with you is even riskier. Oh, my God. I know that the gun, uh, I know that your gun was used to kill two people, so I'm curious, why keep it with you, Pam, in case I was caught? 
You'd rather die than go to prison? No, just that. I don't want my children to know that their mommy is a serial killer, that she enjoys watching people die. Dexter says, I get it. I never want Harrison to know daddy's secret. Scub gave you a great alibi, killing someone while you were giving birth to Cecilia. Strong medical alibi. How the fuck? Okay. And who would think that a loving mother like you was also a serial killer? Pam. Is there anything I can say that will get you to not kill me? Dexter. No. I've tried partnerships with other killers. Never works out. Pam. Then just don't let Cecilia or Philip know what I was. They won't. Thank you. As Dexter raised the cleaver, Pam closed her eyes and braced herself for death. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> End of story. All right. Well, goddamn it. That was totally gay. I think I loved your story. But on that note, I love Harry Potter South. <laughs> uh, my notes for that story Jim and Pam forever. Forever. And then, no, not Pam. Why, what? Pam? Why? Murder is bad, Pam. And then, goddamn it. <laughs> Which I think clearly sums up. Yeah, um, that was pretty a, good. That was a solid That's story. Pretty good. I like the little like tumor bump that I get from my rings right. on my finger. It's a tumor. It's cool. Exactly. All right, good job, Jedi Nine Five. That was a good story. It was pretty solid. Although I object to you breaking up Jim and Pam. Yeah. Because jam. jam forever. 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 All right. Even Plus two days. Br- even Brian couldn't keep them apart. Fuck you, Brian. Seriously, Brian's the worst. Uh, all right. So that will be the end of our evening. I know. We had great stories. We did. And we get to find out what happens in the deep, deep south. I'm so excited. Next time. I'm going to make Jeremy come. Oh, yeah. And and also attend our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey <Hello>! <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter. Yeah, and, and if you have a story, submit it to fanficantastic at gmail.com. Because then we'll read it out loud. Right, and if not, you're going to have to listen to my terrible, terrible Star Wars, Harry Potter, so never-ending story. I'm so <laughs> story. And I just can't hide it. about to lose control. He's like, control. you like it? I don't think I Good night, folks. Good night.